0: This is the Money Unleashed podcast. A look at the financial issues facing investors and those getting ready for retirement. Here's the president of the Hoffman Financial Group, Chris Hoffman, and his co-host, Randy Cook. There's a brand new Fidelity study out, and this actually just came out within the last week or so. In it, it says 62% of people that they surveyed feel confident about their current financial health. They're feeling good right now. Makes sense. Market's doing pretty good. But 75% of the people that they talk to only feel somewhat confident or not confident at all about their retirement health, their retirement financial health. And then they asked, and only 18% of them, Chris, have a written financial plan. Probably not too surprising yeah, to you. Yeah,
1: that's amazing. I mean, 62% of people feel confident about their current financial health. A lot of that could be based on lo- low unemployment, Yeah, wages are up, mm-hmm. taxes are down. Then you look out and you say, okay, well, I'm going to retire in 10, 15, 20 years. And that number changes dramatically. Right. And it's lack of planning and lack of having a written plan that causes that sense of unease. You yeah. don't know what's going to go on with inflation and how that's going to impact your ability to, to live and not run out of money and run out of purchasing power you got to worry about okay the markets are good today but what happens if 5 years or 10 years from now a couple of years away from retirement the market's plummet mm-hmm. so there's a lot of uncertainty out there and people aren't taking action to put their plans in place early enough in my opinion you know i've always said once you hit the 50s and you got a material amount of money in your 401k or IRA, it's time to build a plan.
0: Exactly. And there are people that don't build the financial plan, so they put their confidence someplace else. So I have a number of articles here about where people are putting their retirement confidence. The one in Barron's says that a lot of people are putting their retirement confidence in their house. Hmm. They bought a house 20, 25 years ago. They paid... Let's say $250,000 for it. It's now worth $500,000 or more. And they say, sell the house. There's my retirement money.
1: Where are they going to (laughs) live? In a van down by the river. I mean, that's a tricky one. You know, I get that a lot with clients that are a year away from retirement or we're building that plan. And they say, okay, I want to pay off the mortgage. Mm -hmm. And I, what's your interest rate? Three and a half percent. Okay. 3.75. I'm like, well, that sounds like free money. And if you're later stages of a 30-year mortgage, you're paying yourself back anyway. I understand that, look, debt is bad, but that would be the last one that I would aggressively pay off. Obviously, you don't want any credit card debt. You don't want to have dependent kids anymore, those types of things. But you can't put your retirement plan inside a hard asset that you live in. I mean, if you have multiple rental properties, that's a great- source of income. Sure. So that makes sense, but it's not like you can go
0: take a window out of your house and put it on the street corner and say, I'll sell this and right. it's going to get me some yeah. income. It
1: doesn't work that way. A couple roof shingles. Yeah. Or, you know,
0: it doesn't work that way. And, and there are plenty of people, it's a generational thing about being debt free and mortgage free. I get that. My mom is that way. I don't owe anybody, anybody, anything, you know, right. I, I get it. I get it. That's a good feeling. But in any event, uh, <laughs> Jerry's in there going, I got that in my parents got it too. all paid off, baby. <laughs> <laughs> not my parents. Me. You I don't know, oh, owe nobody nothing. Good for you. And the millennial is debt free. Well, that's good. That's I mean, beautiful. there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, where is your retirement confidence? If it's in the equity of your home, that's a piece of the puzzle. It's not the whole puzzle. Then there are a lot of people that say, Hey, I went to SSA.com, I put my made my account and look at here, me and Mary are gonna get forty, fifty, maybe sixty thousand dollars a year in Social Security. That seems like enough. That'll make my retirement.
1: What do you think? That's a good number. I mean, if Social Security is funding itself and the Congress steps in to fund it, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of talk about reduced benefits at certain years when we start to get stressed and it also impacts Medicare. Yeah. So we've got ballooning debt structure out there. We're pumping everything into the growth of the markets and I don't think anybody's looking over their rearview mirror seeing things like Medicare and Social Security. As a problem, we went to D.C. and interviewed Tucker Carlson, and I asked him specifically about Social Security. And he said, "Now both the Republicans and the Democrats view it as sacrosanct and they're going to make adjustments. Well, how many adjustments and how much more money can the government pump into these programs mm-hmm. and when does it all come to an end? Yeah. So there are some concerns about it we do social security analysis with our clients constantly and less and less people are waiting until 70. Mm -hmm. They're doing some kind of combination of, you know, right at full retirement. Even clients that are working will trigger their social security at full retirement age. Just had a meeting with a high net worth client this week. And we agreed that at 66 and I think four months was his full retirement. He's going to turn on his social security. He doesn't need it, but he will grow his social security by working and contributing into social security. Not a lot of people realize that. So you look at, I believe social security looks back over 35 years of pay. So if you're at your later stages of your career, hopefully you're making more money now than you did 20, 30 years ago, that can positively impact your existing social security amounts that you pull. So you've got to look at all the different strategies that are available to you. You don't want to pull it early if you're working because you get penalties. But once you reach full retirement age, you got to seriously consider turning on the social security.
0: It's pretty complicated as well. And to get a little help from somebody who does this every day is a very, very important thing. But to know this, everybody, uh, I, I threw out the the married totals, $40,000, $60,000 a year. That can be for you, but it also might be $1,461 a month for an individual. It mm. might be, that's the average. And for a married couple, $2,340 a month. So that doesn't equal up to forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars 60000 It might not be that for you. And it's hard to live on 24000 $25,000 a year in retirement. So Social Security, another place where people put their confidence... But it's only a piece of the puzzle. We want to put the whole puzzle together for you. People put their confidence in all sorts of different places. And this one is... I'm going to inherit some money, Chris. I'm good. Big payday. All right. So this is a actual write to the financial advisor at USA Today. So this is Carol in Orlando who writes in. She says, can you settle a disagreement my husband and I are having? My parents are very well off, and when they die, we stand to inherit a couple million dollars. To me, this is our retirement money but my husband wants to ignore the inevitable inheritance and save aggressively for retirement anyway. I think he's being wasteful. The way I see it is, we can have our cake and eat it too. We can live well now, then we inherit the money, we live well in retirement. What do you think? Carol. <laughs> <laughs> Carol, 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 Carol Carol,
1: wants to spend and her husband wants to save. Right. They sound like a good couple. They balance <laughs> one another out. I mean, you can do both but you shouldn't rely on inheritance while your parents are still alive because look, later stages of life, they could run out and have to spend a bunch of money on health care or yep. other expenses. So that things happen. Don't count your inheritance chickens before they hatch, mm-hmm. I would say. So there's a balance there between self-sufficiency and developing your own retirement nest egg. And then yes, if you inherit some money and that puts you in a different economic bracket, Then you could spend some more money, do Mm -hmm. some more traveling, but that's a little bit of a danger zone to go into and say, well, we're going to inherit this money. So let's be penniless now and spend it all. A lot of things can happen. Before your parents pass away, so
0: hey, my my relationship with my mom's a little volatile. She could write me out at any time, <laughs> you know, and and that does happen. And then how many times has the the uh, you know you're you're they're they're reading the will, and the whole family is gathered together, and then you find out oh, it's not as much as I thought it was. There's a lien here, there's a lawsuit there, there's yep. some debts there, and I thought it was going to be this, but it turns out to be that.
1: Yeah, you also have to wonder whether Carol's parents realize that's her attitude toward <laughs> saving. Yeah, that's good So point. maybe they'll structure inheritance for her. We mm-hmm. do that a lot for clients. Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon for us to take retirees' portfolios and once we obviously map out their retirement lifetime, What do we do with the leftover funds? And a lot of them say, I want to hand it off in a structured way so that it's not blown, Mm -hmm. Carol in Orlando. Right. So she may be, who knows? There may be a trust there that says just distribute the income to her. Yeah. And the rest is for medical emergencies. So, you know, then maybe not. Maybe she's talked to her parents and they're like, when we're done, you get it all. all." Yeah.
0: well, it's, it's it's something that people put their confidence in, and I guess the, the theme here of the show today is we're talking about places where you put your confidence in. This is going to make my retirement, and at the end of all of this, I hope that you get the message that what makes your retirement is you sitting down and planning it out so that you know what's coming and you have a structured plan. And that's what we make available to you here. Give us a call. If you've listened to the show at all, you know we call it the retirement roadmap. And this is an analysis of where you are right now. We're going to take a look at legacy planning and social security planning and tax planning. Income planning is so vitally important. You, the, the reason that people feel good about their financial health right now is because there's a paycheck coming in. Right. And when you're in retirement, where's the paycheck coming from?
1: Yeah, I had a conversation with a client last week that they wanted to sell their primary residence and buy a different house, okay. right? Kids are grown and out of the house and it's time for them to move on and update their house and get their dream retirement home. Well, very common. their dream retirement home came out of nowhere And he calls me and says, uh, send me (laughs) $600,000. I mean, and luckily we had a portfolio built with, okay, we don't have to sell a bunch of stock and get capital gains. We can tax harvest some things. We can pull from buckets that are stable and protected against market loss. So we were able to cobble the money together. But if he didn't have a written plan and he didn't have a diversified set of assets there, it would have been, well, we just got to sell your portfolio off, and now you're going to get taxes, capital gains, and or IRA income. And, you know, he would have been flat-footed and or not been able to plunk down the $600,000. Now, he's going to sell his primary residence, so this is like him giving himself a bridge loan in effect. Mm-hmm. So, but all-
0: he's, he's, folks, he's downsizing to $600,000. Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> okay. Keep
0: that so, in mind. But you know what? I mean, you and I both live in Alpharetta and they are just building places all over the place for baby boomers to move into. They've got elevators and yep. things and it's all built for those of us who are 50, 60, 70 years old. And these places start at a half a million dollars. No question. So if you think you're going to get out of your house and downsize and have maybe no mortgage or less,
1: you might be fooling yourself. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) a half a million dollars and then they take you to their design center and they say, oh, you want a faucet that, you know, actually (laughs) looks like something in a half a million dollar house versus a school bathroom. I mean, they stack things on top of things. And this market has gone through the roof. From a real estate standpoint. There are not a lot of bargains out there, for sure. All
0: right. Another place where people put their confidence is the American stock market. The good old U.S. of A. The the numbers show that over the, the history of the stock market, it goes up 7 So you're sitting here saying, well, heck, if my money goes up 7% over the next 20, 30
1: years, it'll double, it'll triple, it'll be great. That's right. What do you think? Well, it works that way over extended periods of time, but it doesn't work that way in 2008 and 2009. It doesn't Mm -hmm. work that way in 2001, 2002. So I'm all about growth. I believe in the U.S. stock market, but you have to have a diversified set of asset classes to protect yourself, especially- If you are going to need dividends and interest to be sent to you and you need your assets to generate income streams for you. So you can't rely on 7% when you're taking money out. Mm -hmm. That 7% figure assumes that you're reinvesting dividends and reinvesting interest. And when the markets are going down, you're buying low. Mm -hmm. Well, when you're retired, how much assets, how much income are you reinvesting?
0: Probably not much at all. None. Yeah. Yeah.
1: To a large extent, the typical client that we work with is using all those income streams to live off of. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it gets dangerous to throw these numbers out there without understanding that the market falls and it has major corrections and you need your income stream from your investments to pay for your life. It's different than being 20 or 30 or 40 years old in your working years.
0: So 7% is over 125 years of stock market. Uh, The time that you retire is going to be 20 or 30 years. What's going to happen in that little window, that 20 or 30 years? It could be another 2008. Maybe it's not, but it's not probably going to average 7% over that 20 or 30 years. You've got to take that into consideration. So then the other one that I want to finish on here is that I've hit my number. And I know how you feel about the number thing. But uh, there's a lot of people that use these forms and they say, okay, I've saved 10 times my final year's income before retirement. And so that should do it for me. They tell me that this should be the number. Well, the numbers change. This is GoBankingRates.com. 20 years ago, 1998 is where they had this study, $289,000 in a nest egg would give you a fairly comfortable retirement. 10 years ago, 2008, that lifestyle would cost you $414,000. And then this year, $500,000. So the numbers change.
1: Yeah, they change big time. And that $289,000 number 20 years ago was when you could get interest rates at the bank and CDs of four, four and a half percent. Yeah. So it's another thing that drives me nuts is when the Fed and the White House are – kind of battling back and forth how that happened. It shouldn't happen, but the president's all over the Fed chair to lower interest rates, lower interest rates. Mm -hmm. I mean, how much lower can we get? The baby boomers can't make any money in fixed income to support their retirement lifestyle. And it takes a very powerful tool against recession when the Fed doesn't have the ability to lower interest rates dramatically like they did in 2008, which Mm -hmm. may have saved the banking industry. So, you know, now we're looking at half a million dollars. Well, that number is going to keep going up if interest rates stay flat and you have inflation. And Warren Buffett said earlier, it's coming, it's coming. Of course, there's going to have to be a break here. We're pumping a ton of money into the economy. We've lowered taxes, unemployment's down people are out spending. We're a country of spenders too. It's not like we put a lot of money away and plan for retirement at early ages. So we like to spend money. We like our trinkets and our our cars and jewelry (laughs) and travel and those types of things. So that number, in my opinion, that half a million dollars is extremely low comparative to where we're going to be in 10 years from now.
0: So your number at 65 is not going to be your same number at 85 or 95. You need to know that. So you need a raise in retirement. And that's, I, I know I've talked to people and they say, so you build me this financial plan and, and why do I need all this money when I'm 85 years old? Why do I need all this money when I'm 90? Well, it's because things are going to be more expensive then than they are right now.
1: That's right. Inflation's one of it and market corrections are the other one. And you got, look, you have to start with income planning first. Yep. It's critical. So once you can check the box and say that's a reasonable amount of income, not just to pay for basic living expenses, but pay for that $10,000 event we talk about every year. Mm -hmm. We talked earlier about people using their home as a major investment. Well, your home ages and the roof goes, the AC units go, Mm -hmm. you have to paint them, upkeep. So they get more expensive over time, as do we as humans, because of medical conditions. So... You've got to put all that in your plan and you've got to set aside some money for those later stages of life. Don't run it down to near zero and think that you can time your passing away. (laughs) Write the last check and you're done. It doesn't work that way. Thanks for listening to the Money Unleashed
0: podcast with Chris Hoffman. To find out more about the Hoffman Financial Group, go to UnleashYourMoney.com and join Chris for his radio show, Money Unleashed. Sunday afternoons at 5 on WSB Radio Atlanta. Chris Hoffman is a registered representative of TCM Securities, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC, and is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, Inc., an SEC registered investment advisor. Hoffman Financial Group, Retirement Wealth Advisors, TCM Securities, Inc., and WSB are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with the professionals specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Insurance licensed in Georgia, number 163546.